Coming up, this is gonna be the last pod where we're starting off with the Cubs. And we gotta cover their late season meltdown, unfortunately, as their season has come to a close. Caden is gonna cover his top five most memorable Cub moments this season, so that should be fun. And then we are going to give out our regular season awards. So without further ado, it's the sports life. We're talking sports. Let's go. All right, so we're going to start off with this Cubs series for the final time. We dropped two out of three to the Brewers. Um, the Cubs went from 78 and 67 Terrible. to 83 and 79. So they went 5 and 12 to, to close out the year. And... Uh, man, it was just rough. It was rough because if you, when looking back at it, we really should have snuck into the postseason here. Shouldn't have come down to this weekend, and we needed a lot to happen. I think it was game one was really where we knew the season was over, and um, it, like I say, it was really tough to see. Caden, what'd you think about it? I mean, this series, like I say, we dropped ten of eleven road games. I mean, it was just it was brutal. You know, I wasn't fully watching this game. Because, you know, I had to really keep an eye on the Marlins game. But it was just really tough, you know. Um, it just really, this whole thing was heartbreaking. You know, really heartbreaking uh, loss. You know, really good to see. Even though uh, we our playoff chances were going down, we, the, sh- the way we uh, showed the fight, it was really good to see. You know, you saw Morrell bringing the energy with that big. I think it was a triple. Candelario with a homer, but just and then Ian Happ with a big homer, but just not enough offense. Morrell had a really good day. He had a really good series. Like I said, Candelario had a really nice series. I mean, good game uh, in Happ, but I mean, we just did not generate any offense and any consistent offense. I I mean, time after time, I love talk. I keep talking about this consistent offense. We can't have str- stretches, innings where we have five hits. Three runs in one inning, and then we just go down for three innings. You have to put up consistent um, runs, and that's what we did not do. I mean, we were just dead the whole game, and we came back in the eighth and ninth. But the, I mean, when we have the base loaded in the, in the extra innings, and wisdom strikes out, we could have put a small ball. I mean, you, you know, the Brewers are gonna the Brewers are gonna score off of that. It's just no doubt. It's just one. Yeah, you kind of knew it was over at that point. When you don't scratch one on those Cali rules, you... wisdom shouldn't be batting in that. Because it's almost an automatic strikeout when that guy comes up to the plate. It just he just strikes out too much. I think that the Cubs bullpen was was totally completely worn out. I think they got used to death. QS looked like his arm was gonna fall off at the end of the year there. You just kept running him out there and running him out there. And the bottom line is when you got a six nothing lead against Atlanta <laughs> You gotta put those games away. Oh yeah, for I sure. mean, you cannot blow games like that. And we just, and then you know, you start out the, the extra inning games with a guy on second base, and you can still only generate a run or two. You gotta. The reason why Atlanta wins is because Atlanta drives guys in when they get out of the And bases. they put the small balls. They, they consistently have to drive guys in. I mean, you gotta be able to drive guys in. I'd be interested to see what the Cubs team batting average was with runners in scoring position because I, I can't imagine it was very high. No, and when you think about it, when you think about the guys that really hit well in leverage spots, you think about guys like Gomes. I mean, you're not thinking of even your top hitters. Huge year for Gomes. Huge. Absolutely. He Huge. was big for him. And then looking at this game one against the Brewers, the Cubs struck out 14 times in that game. They had six hits against three walks, struck out 14 times. I mean, I... 
the wind was kind of already out of our sails. It was like we were just getting ourselves from that Brave series just tough losses. And when you get those tough losses and you're trying to make this push for the playoffs, it's really hard, man. It's hard on the team. Realistically, we should have won two of them games against Atlanta. We, we, the 6 nothing game, there was no excuse for it. But we, we really should have won that series against Atlanta again. You know, i got to go off on my rant on, on the organization here because I, I keep hearing how this team overachieved, and, and i got to say something about that. The players overachieved, right? The players overachieved. The organization underachieved. We're the Chicago Cubs. We should expect the playoffs every year. We're one of the most wealthy franchises out there. Let me give you a couple records for you, okay? The Cubs were 83-79. and 79. Let me give you the New York Yankees record. 82 and 80. Did the Yankees overachieve? No. No. The Yankees did not overachieve. What's the word in New York? Managers got to go. Got changes. They got to make changes over there. Let me give you. Let me give you another team, and they're not one of the big spend. You know, they're big spenders, but they're not the Yankees. They're not the Dodgers. It's not the Cubs. It's the San Diego Padres. They're spending a lot of money. They went 82 and 80. One game behind us at 83 and 79. They don't think they overachieved. You want to know why? Because they're spending money, and they expect to win now. And the Cubs need the same thing. There's no reason with the value of this franchise that we cannot put a playoff team out there every single year. We shouldn't be talking about them overachieving. I'm happy for these guys. Bellinger had a great comeback season. Horner stood out, a hustle player. Uh, Getting Dansby, fantastic shortstop. His offense... He needs, the, he needs a little work there. We need to get that up a little bit better. But he was a fantastic shortstop for us. Having those two guys up the middle was awesome. And Suzuki season from August, September. And it, awesome. If, if we could ever give Morrell the layoff of some of them outside pitches, this guy can really be a force. I mean, this guy can be this guy can be a dangerous hitter. A guy like Morrell, if we can see his game change, right? You don't want to – when you saw a guy like Javi, you saw the best you were ever going to see of him, and he wasn't going to change his game. You know what I mean? With Morrell – Start to lay off some of those pitches, get a little more experience, and he could be a stud. This guy's got some serious power for, for a little guy. I mean, he, he if he had he played every day, he'd have probably been in a 35 to 40 homer range. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I'm going to transition this in before we get to Caden's top, uh, top moments of the season here to the free agent market. And I just circled a few names here. And the, the big dog Shohei, he's going to be a Dodger. I mean, I'm almost, I would almost put. A portion of the bank account on it. Let's put it that way. I think he's going to the Dodgers. I just can't see. I can't see him leaving the West Coast. Yeah, he likes the West Coast. I just. I want him. He's the number one. Now we got to bring Belly back. You have to. I don't know what his agent's gonna want. I don't know what Belly's gonna want. He's gonna be expensive, but there's nobody on the market. I mean, if you had Belly competing with five or six other guys that we could bring in instead of him, yeah, but I mean, he's like one of the top couple free agents out there. And I think Crow Armstrong needs a little bit more time in the minor leagues. Oh, God. (laughs) Crow Armstrong is not ready to play at the major league level yet. He needs to go back down, and he needs to stay down. Did he even end up getting a hit the whole year? No, he didn't get a hit. He didn't get a hit, and they started using him for base running, and he came in with awful base running. Then they're using him in the field as a defensive guy, and he's trying to overcompensate for the lack of offense. He made a couple, he tried to dive at a ball that he was two feet short on in a really important spot. So yeah, he he needs some more time. I agree. A couple other free agents here. Obviously got Shohei and Belly at the top. Blake Snell. 
Blake Snell's a free agent next year. I mean, we're going to talk he, about he, him a little bit later he, in the show. He's good at the front end of the rotation. You gotta get, you gotta yeah. get a, I, if I'm David Ross, I'm putting Stroman in the bullpen. He can't go more than four innings. I'm, I don't know. The number one most important thing they got to do is get a leadoff hitter. My that is the top of the, of the, the <laughs> chain. Maybe, maybe they can get Horner to that spot if Horner can Horner's see a few more pitches. Though. I know. He's very aggressive. He's our, He's fast. He's got some of the traits. I think he'd have to graduate a little bit to get into that spot. Um, there's some other guys out there, Aaron Nola, Josh Hader. These are some names, but this is the one that jumped out to me because we have a Japanese player on our team. This guy's going to get posted next year, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. I, wanna, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but he's the, Jap, he's the Japanese pitcher that's coming, and he's a stud. And when you got a Japanese player on your team, that's a draw for your team. I wouldn't mind seeing that guy in a Cubs uni. Let's Wait, do it. We coming? can't get Shohei. He, he's not posted yet, but they're saying he's going to get posted. There's a chance he's posted for next season. So his, I think he'll go to the Mets, Senga. I'm going to tell you a dark horse that I think could possibly lure Shohei Otani in. The New York Yankees. I, I told you. they have an unlimited supply of cash. I told there's you. There's always a chance. There's, there's always a chance the that the Yankees get somebody. I never question the Yanks. They, because, but that's that's what bothers me, right? We should be in that same spot. We got the same type of franchise. We don't have the twenty-seven or whatever no. World Series, but this is what we should be I doing. I guarantee you, at eighty-two and eighty, the Yankee fans are not happy. Oh no! I can tell you that right now. They're oh, very no. upset that they had a bad year this year. I Absolutely. Mean, Absolutely they are, man. No doubt about it. I agree. And I, I will not take the Yankees out of that conversation. I believe he ends up in the Dodgers. But if I had to go the next one, I got I would go Yankees. could lure him over there to the East Coast, it would be the Yankees. 100%, man. And to see him in the pinstripes, I mean, there's just something about that. I wish we had the same draw with our pinstripes, but we don't. Hey, let's uh, let's see what Caden's got for us. Are you ready with this? Yes. Are we going top five? Top five. All right, we're going to go with Caden's top five moments of the season for the Chicago Cubs. Let's see what you got. All right, so at number five, I'm going with the heck of a start Dansby Swanson had to this year. I mean, the way Dansby Swanson had this, like, this first three games um, against the uh, Brewers in opening day, he was absolutely phenomenal. Defensively, he was robbing hits, making diving plays, throwing, unloading, hitting. I believe in the first three games, he had seven hits. I mean, he was just spraying the field. I know he did not have the best offensive year, but he, I mean, those first three games, I really thought like he was going to really have a monstrous year. He did it, but I still think he had a successful year, really good defensively, and for the bat. I mean, he didn't he didn't carry us this offense like he wanted, but. He uh, was a good he was a good add on, but not definitely not like. I agree. He yeah, wasn't brutal. Yeah, yeah, he didn't have a terrible. At number four, I'm going with back in I believe April or May. Drew Smiley, I believe it was a perfect game or a no hitter. He threw, uh, I think six full um, perfect innings, and it, it ended with a little dribbler down the third baseline, and Jan Gomes <laughs> and Drew Smiley basically tackled each other. A Chicago Bears tackle, and since it wasn't a bad throw or anything, or a bobble, it was a base hit for David Peralta, and that basically ended the perfect game. So I mean, Drew Smiley, I know he did not have the best year, but he really uh, almost made he almost made something really uh, special happen against a really good 
offense like the Dodgers. Yeah, that was interesting to see. I remember it was like, that's the way, that's so fitting for a uh, perfect game to end on two guys falling over each other between third and home, basically. Yeah. So what else you got? What's number three? And number three, I'm going with the walk-off home run. Uh, Christopher Morrell against the uh, White Sox because oh, I remember watching game one and, you know, like you said, the, um, like the, the, the pod – uh, when the White Sox lost, and we were watching the um, in the White Sox broad, uh, broadcast, and they were they were just showing White Sox fans all over, and I hated watching those White Sox fans just walk all over Wrigley, thinking they're the best team just because they won one game. And to be honest, it kind of felt like that was happening in Game Two, but we really put a charge into them, and then really good to see their heartbroken faces after Christopher Morel with a bomb. Um, so yeah, that was number three. That really felt good. I was really excited. And then at number two, these next two plays are the reason why I think we should be keeping Mike Talkman. So for number two, a <laughs> Mike Talkman with a uh, with the uh, game, the robbing of ho- the home run, walk off home run of Alec Burleson. Um, that was just that. That, that was, was awesome. That was amazing. That was awesome because the other thing was was you like didn't know if he got it. I mean, he just because the way the grass is out there. In uh, center for yeah. St. Louis, they, like it goes from the wall straight to turf, and he just had his glove right over, and you didn't, you couldn't really tell if he got it or not. That was super cool. Now, I, I'm with you on Taco. He's got a spot for me. He's got a spot. I don't, I don't love him at leadoff, but he does get on base a lot. He sees a lot of pitches, and he had some exciting with moments. The team we got now, I'll say it again. Nico Horner should be the guy batting leadoff for us. He's he, the next best year he may guy be. with what we have right now for leadoff. I was hoping Crow Austin. Armstrong would turn out, but a guy like Taco's got a spot on a team, though. If you watched his at bats this year, he would he wear guys out. He'd do he he, he'd have a ton of double digit at bats. I mean, uh, pitch at bats. I mean, there's a ro- there's room for somebody like him, but I agree, he don't have the speed. He don't. There's some things where, as your leadoff guy, I don't. It's such an important spot. It's compare him to like you know what the Braves got or something like that. I mean, you just don't. There ain't no holes in that lineup. No, Atlanta. I hear you. Atlanta's got no holes. All right, all right, we got to get the number one here. And What's so he number got one, I'm personally believing, I know you might not agree with this, but we're, in, we're beginning in August. We need a big win. Cubs scoring 20 runs against the Reds. They win 20-9. to nine. Home run city. I mean, absolutely just teeing off. Horner with two hits. I mean, Horner with three hits. Talking with two hits. Belly with three hits. Swans with two hits. Candelario with four hits. I mean, everyone just teed and steal with a great outing. I know Anthony Kay, a guy that we'd, uh, I mean, he was just awful. He gave four runs in the ninth, but really great outing, really good to see our offense, and we won that series against the Reds, and that kind of really made a push that, you know, that kind of after that series when we went three or four, that really showed that we had a legit chance to make the playoffs. Yeah, and we had those moments throughout the year where the offensive that that would be like my number one thing in the season was we had these different games where the offense just exploded. I mean, we had I think we ranked up there in the top three teams in the league for ten plus run performances. So as a number one thing for me, I'd almost take all those games and say that that's fun when your offense can get rolling like that and you can see your team do that. You know, 
whatever they did it probably 12 plus times in one year that was pretty cool so I don't have the numbers on that I should have went to more games they were 6-1 and one this year when I went down there Ooh, I should have went to nice. some more games nice <laughs> we'll hey, sell one loss. quick note before we get to our regular season awards here uh, Tim Wakefield passed away yes, today at 57 years old and just when us growing up watching him the knuckleballer man and he I always say he was like my real life uh, Harris from Major League the way he the way that he his wind up was it was like he just didn't look like he had any athleticism and he just it looked like Harris's wind up from Major League I couldn't lift his leg how many years did he pitch you got any any idea how many years I didn't write down any notes on him I just wrote down 57 he's gone but he pitched a long time he pitched a long time and he had like a 58 mile an hour knuckleball oh god just coming He's the last true knuckleballer. You had uh, Dickie for the Mets, I think. Remember, that guy had a couple yeah, real good yeah. years in there. But a guy that just pitched his whole career and threw nothing but knucklers and had a longer was Tim Wakefield. I mean, just a really cool story how long he threw. I didn't read up on what happened. Um, unfortunately for him, our condolences there. But, but, man, what a cool career he had. And the last true knuckleballer is gone. All right, we're moving on. All right, jumping to our regular season awards, we got, how many do we have? We got our ALNL MVP, our ALNL Cy Young, ALNL Rookie of the Year, and then our ALNL Manager of the Year. So we'll start us off with the MVPs. For me, this one was easy, AL MVP, Shohei Otani. I don't think anybody could even compete with him this year. I'll run through his numbers real quick. 304 average. 102 runs, 44 home runs, 95 RBIs, 20 stolen bases, and the guy didn't see the field the last basically month. I mean, he would have he would have been over 50, almost a lock on that. He would have been over 100 RBIs had he played the whole year. Oh yeah, and by the way, I haven't mentioned his pitching stats yet. Which if he pitched a whole year, he would have probably he been, also won't pitch next year. He would have been in the top three for the Cy Young discussion in the AL as well with a 10 and five record, 3.15 ERA, 132 innings pitched. And a uh, 167 strikeouts, so he would have been over 200. If he would have won so. both, that bet I placed would have paid off nicely. I had oh, him picked to win the Cy Young and the MVP award both, but once he got injured, that knocked me out of the out of the park. Anybody else got AL MVP thoughts? Want to get a thought on Shohei, or do you want to get, throw another name? I don't think there's a name I, I to throw in that. Hit, I also hit Shohei. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely. I mean, there really wasn't any other like candidates. I mean, went like Corey Seager, yeah, but. It's going to be I mean, hard for Shohei to, if he's pitching and hitting, it's going to be hard to not give him the MVP. The only reason he didn't get it last year is because Judge hit over 60 home runs, which is a rare thing. To 750 happen. million. <laughs> if he's pitching and hitting. 10 years, 750 million. I don't think he's getting that high, but I think he's going to get 500. I really do. I think, oh, he's, I think going, he's, he's going over over 600. I don't, I, I'm going to go, my number's 500 on him. I Just just the fact that he's not pitching next year and he's a DH and not, he doesn't play the field, I think that you're going to see 500. I don't know the number of years, but it, it's going to be huge. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a breaker, no doubt. No doubt. The NL MVP, we're moving on to that. Now, for me, this is a no-brainer, and I'm hearing this in the uh, I'm hearing whisperings that you know it could be co-MVPs with Betts and Acuna and all that. Acuna's the MVP, man. Acuna is the MVP. Listen to his numbers. He batted 336, 146 runs scored, 41 homers, 105 RBIs, and 70 stolen bases. My numbers might need a little tweaking. I I, I wrote down my notes a little a couple games before the season ended. This is pretty close though. This is in the range. They're not the final. But what kind of a year did Betts have? I mean, that's the thing. Guys are talking about Betts. Betts wasn't in the top five in average. He wasn't in the top five in hits. 
I, I, Betts is awesome. Betts is one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen on a baseball field. Mookie Betts is, they had him play at shortstop this year, second base. He's one of the best outfielders. The guy's unreal. I want the guy on my team. And the Red Sox are morons for letting the guy go. But that doesn't change the unique season that Acuna had this year. Acuna's the MVP. I, I agree. You know, if, if Schwarber had 30 or 40, 50 points higher in average, you might be able to throw him in there with, with the season that he put in, but his average is just too low. So I, I love I mean, Betts. I think I could argue Freeman ahead of Betts, honestly. Freddie's had a great Freddie, year. Freddie's had a great year too. Yeah. Freddie has had a fantastic year, man. And and then and then you jump to the the, the guy to round that off is Olsen. I mean, Olsen's not getting any play there. <laughs> Olsen had fifty-five home runs and one hundred and forty plus RBIs. I mean, he had your old school power hitter, massive season. But for me, the AL MVP, the AL and the NL MVP awards are very clear this year. Shohei in the AL, Acuna in the NL. It's his year. You better give it to him. We love Mookie, but it's got to go to Acuna. All right, AL Cy Young. I don't know what you guys had here. I, I had Garrett Cole. I wrote down Cole also, and Castillo and Sonny Gray as the other two closest. Yeah, they were the closest. Um, Cole had the most complete season there, 2.63 ERA, over 200 innings pitched. Um, again, I may have missed the start here, but these were numbers up to the last few games. I think the NL is going to be a little bit – trickier to decide. Because 100%. 100%. A lot of people say Snell, but, the, I mean, you you got to be on a team that is a winning team. Right. Which would, which would give the guy from the Braves the, the, the opportunity to get there. But I think, my opinion, is his offense carried him to the wins that he had, and he's not had nearly as good of a pitcher as Blake Snell is. You know, um, Spencer Strider's young. Spencer Strider's 24. He's a stud. I mean, this guy, he's – I think Blake Snell is going to win the award. And and the reason that I think he's going to win the award is because the last three months of the season, Blake, Sm- Blake Snell has been without a doubt the best pitcher in baseball. My issue with Blake Snell is that he started the season 1-6 with a 5.4 ERA, and the Padres were trying to fight out of the hole that all these guys put him in from the very beginning of the year, and they never got out of it. I mean, so he helped them. He was the main one of the main reasons that they started getting out. Pretty amazing turnaround. He oh, God. Starting one and oh. six with a five ERA. It's got to be one of the greatest turnouts ever. I mean, his ERA was like sub 1.3 for the rest of the season to come out where he came out. And Blake Snell's final numbers, just so everybody's got him, 14-9, and nine, a 2.25 ERA. 234 strikeouts against 99 walks. That was the other note that I put down there. 99 walks is a lot of walks. It's That is a... Um, yeah, that uh, affects and going deep into games because it's pitch count. Right, and neither one of these guys put in over 200 innings. Neither one of them did. But they're, they're my top two for sure. For me, I'm going with the surprise. I would go with Strider this year. He was our only 20-win guy. I'm going with Cy Steele. He's 20-5. and five. Here's the here was his bad one a 3.86 ERA so that speaks to you with the offense that he was what producing. What about this guy from Arizona, Gallon? He had a good year too. He, I think uh, I didn't write down all of his figures. Let me finish real quick on Strider because he had 281 strikeouts, dude. 281 strikeouts against 58 walks. So you're talking about a power pitcher that's coming at guys. Um, you're going to get hit more. You're going to get hit more when you're coming at guys at that level, and he did. That was shown in that ERA. 
he's my vote. Snell's going to get it. That's that's what I believe. So, Caden, did you want to talk about the Arizona guy? What was his name? Gallon. Gallon. Yeah, I personally think it's, well, I wish it's going to be Justin Steele, but I don't think it's going to be. I think it's going to go to. I think they're going to give the credit to Blake Snell because of that comeback because I don't think they've seen anything. Because even, like, the last couple of years, he has not had good years. And I don't know. This might be the last few years we really see of Blake Snell really pitching at top level. I don't know. Do you want him in a Cubs uniform? No. What? I don't trust him, no. Trust him over who? We need we need we, we need left-handed <laughs> pitching. That would take place. So, I mean, what was he? Thirteen and three down the stretch. Oh, he was dominant. Yeah, I mean, thirteen I get... and three down the stretch. I don't trust him with the consistency. And what about uh, another guy? Who wrote down was Webb from San Francisco. What kind of year did he have? Yeah, he had, he had a good year. He was up there, but he was eleven and thirteen. So oh, he was sub five hundred. It was almost like you know, it was like those years that. Um, DeGrom used to have, where he went, I think DeGrom went 9 and 10 one year and won the Cy Young because he was sub 1.5. Another guy hit in the AL, I wrote down Sonny Gray, too. He had a, he had a pretty yeah. good season. Sonny Gray had a good season. Those guys, I, I think Cole, there was a gap between him, but, but Gray and Castillo were there with the AL. Uh, the NL is going to be where the discussion takes place. Again, I, I do think it ends up in the hands of Blake Snell with Strider being a close second, and then the guys you mentioned right there, too, with Webb. Uh, Ga- What's the the Arizona guy? I'm not seeing Dan his name. Gallon. Gallon. Okay, I want to say Gallon. Gallon. Yeah, there was some there was some good good pitching performances in the NL this year. I think your rookie of the year in the NL is also going to come. I mean, it's going to be a diamondback. I think for Corbin sure. Carroll's going to win for sure. Oh, yeah. I agree 100%. This guy... Is a star. <laughs> and and the, the American League Rookie of the Year, uh, I think, is going to be Gunnar Henderson from Baltimore. I agree on that one, too. These are these are the same ones I had. Gunnar, 257, 99 runs scored, 28 homers, 82 RBIs. 88, 82, yeah. Um, I mean, that's a big year for a rook, man. That's That looks fantastic. Carroll's year looked even better, though. Yeah, he Carroll's had 25 here. homers. Well, last year he had a good year. 76 ribbies and 52 stolen bases. But his, his average was considerably higher, too. I think it was like 287. Yeah, 287 was yeah. what I had. 116 runs scored. Um, 25 homers, 76 RBI, and 52 stolen bases. That's a monster year for a non-rookie. That's a guy whose name is in MVP conversations when you don't have a guy like Acuna up there in a year. Those numbers, not in Rookie of the Year, in well, actual MVP. It, it's funny, like you say, though, the guy that led the league in home runs and RBIs, and he don't even get a mention for MVP. No. Not even, no, not not even, even Maybe they're talking top four, but he's not even in the discussion. It's I mean, that's crazy. And that guy had an unbelievable year. Caden, anybody else you thinking, or did you like those two yeah, guys? Yeah, like yeah, those guys, man. Those are. I think those two are no brainers. Um, the manager of the year. This one's an interesting one because I think there's more Dangerous. discussion to be had here. Um, and wait, going back real quick. I'm with you, Caden. I don't want to sh- um, sell steel short. Steel had a fantastic year. He blew his campaign in his last few man, starts. I period. Guess at the end of the year. Period. Man, he blew it, man. We. It's like we had two signing candidates. We had Strom in the first half and Steel in the second. Steel had a phenomenal year. Again, I don't want to take it away, but, man, when it comes down, when you're a fan and you're watching your team come down the stretch, you need the big dogs to eat, and he just didn't get it done. That's why I always liked John Lester. When you had to have a win, when you needed a W, John Lester was the guy you wanted to pitch. Exactly. Hendricks, I mean, he he didn't have a dominant year, but he stepped up when we needed him. Yeah, he did. He pitched a couple big games for us. AL Manager of the Year, um, for me – 
I'm going with Brandon Hyde, I believe his name is, with the Orioles. Am I saying that right? I was going right? to say the Orioles manager. Yeah, for, that's... Or the a, Twins manager. The Orioles stunk two years ago. And they're, and they're that the Twins done it. nothing. I don't know. I I go. I'm going with the Orioles guy. I think he's going to win it. That's a that is a division that is hard to get through, man. What about the Rangers? That, that division's loaded. That that's if I had a second guy, it's Bochi. But he's a phenomenal manager. I mean, Bochi with the Rangers, you could give it to him. I wouldn't complain for a second if that guy won it. He's. A, I mean, the Rangers. I've I always look at that team. I'm like. When, is they, when, when are they going to stand out? They never have. I mean, they signed Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. This this was the year. I mean, it wasn't just dumb. I mean, Simeon and Seager had great years, but everyone stepped up. They got a great manager. This is a team I look out for the playoffs. But, you know, I, I don't know. It, this was a really hard division to win. They were one win away from doing it, but they made the playoffs. And I still think that's a successful year. It's going to be one of those two. It's going to be rain. It's going to be a Bochi or Hyde for sure. What do you got in the NL? I didn't put down managers, but I like the manager for the Arizona Diamondbacks to win manager of the year this year. He's up they there. What's his season. name, Caden? You know his name? Well, I thought you knew his name. No. I like David Bell, though, the guy from the Reds. He, he could be in there, too. But I, I think Arizona had a, had a phenomenal year. And I think the Reds came from nowhere. He, he, he did. He had a good year. What about Ellie De La Cruz for rookie of the year? Get out of here. The guy, I talked about him being overrated earlier in the year. You want to put him up against Corbin Carroll? Just saying. Not even just a comparison. Corbin Carroll's it's not even a comparison. But I will tell you this. This NL Manager of the Year is interesting. I've heard mentions of uh, Council, the Brewers. When you look at the Brewers team. They, no, they're they good every year. Yeah, but what do they really have? They got right? no powerhouse players. This is what I'm saying. They got the best bullpen. Council does a job, and he's never won it. But here's my pick. My pick is Skip Shoemaker from the Marlins. The Marlins, oh, yeah. dude. The Marlins are in. That guy did a job. I mean, I couldn't name five guys on the Marlins. Yeah. I mean, I that's a right. heck of right a job, dude. You're so right he's my that. pick. I think it might end up at, with Council or Caden. Pull up. See if you can pull up the Diamondbacks manager's name. I don't want to sell him short. We got we to gotta at least mention the guy because Caden and I went to a Diamondbacks game early in the year, and we were watching them going, these guys are good. Corey Lavello. Lavello were like they're Tori fast. Lavello, okay. They're fast. You know they're athletic. They he, were he's my pick for manager of the year. That guy. I Tori like Lavello. I like it. Well, that's it. Those are our awards for the season. It's been a fun regular season. Obviously disappointed that the Cubbies did not make it. We will be covering some of the MLB postseason in our future pods. We're going to keep bringing these at you. It's going to go more NFL-centric and fantasy. So the way we'll probably start doing it, we're going to try to put out two pods a week. We're thinking like Tuesday, so it'll be following the NFL weekend and the Monday night game, and then possibly like a Friday, which will kind of be a preview to each NFL weekend, and we'll have the Thursday night football to talk about, along with MLB playoffs. And then every once in a while, we'll launch some surprise pods on maybe a a big thing that happened in sports or a big topic that's going on that we want to get an opinion out on. And other than that, we're waiting to get on. Oh, okay. The the greatest hitter debate. Oh, right. Yeah. We got to get the pep man on on the greatest hitter debate. Well, every pod, we will. We typically have multiple sections to it, and we'll get him on for a portion where we do fantasy, and then we'll do the greatest hitter debate, and we'll bring Grandpa Koval in too because he's going to want to speak his piece on uh, Teddy Baseball, and Pep's going to want to speak his piece on the more modern-day guys that, that we're going with. That'll be a fun debate. 
That's the end of the pod tonight. We appreciate everybody for listening. Remember to like us and follow us on Spotify and Apple. Thank you so much. Have a great night.